Welcome to the 49th Mill Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska where we will meet the men and women that make the food that you love. As we get this episode started, I wanted to let all of our amazing listeners know that AK Coffee Company has graciously given us a discount. So if you do follow along AK Coffee Company and you want to check out a cup of this amazing coffee, please go ahead and go to their website, www.akcoffeecompany.com and use the discount code 49th Meal Podcast when you're checking out to receive a discount. Thank you so much, AK Coffee Company, for this amazing opportunity for our listeners. All right, everybody, welcome back to the 49th Meal we have a really awesome episode for you this week. We are talking with Kelly Foreman, and she is a self-admitted crazy goat lady out in Kodiak with a farm. So we're, I will let her introduce herself, and we're going to learn about some farming today. All right. Um, well, like we just said, my name is Kelly Foreman. I um, live in Kodiak, and I am at, am at Kodiak Baptist Missions heritage farm and ranch where we currently have the state's only grade a certified goat dairy um, so we incorporate running kids around with our farm every single day and do our best to produce um, really fresh wonderful um, dairy products for our island community and what does grade a certified mean for i know a lot of people we see different labels on different products at the supermarket but there's probably a lot of us, even being a chef myself, I can't tell you what half of those labels actually mean. Right, right. Well, what we have done, we go under um, state and federal guidelines. So by being grade A certified, that means that we follow a humongous handbook. We have state inspections each month. And then we have every three months, we have a really large facility inspection. All of our milk is sent into a lab and tested to make sure that it um, is clean. It, you know, uh, we don't have anything else growing in there that everything's done just right. All of our equipment um, is tested to know that our um, temperatures, our, our thermometers are correct. All of our milk is um, antibiotic residue tested every single day and and then after we're processed we have grade a certified uh, equipment equipment that has um, fallen under the the testing guidelines and so but from the moment that I milk the milk all the way to it goes into the bottle you know I don't have to touch that that's part of the 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 process that that we go through our milk is pasteurized um, very much one of the things that I I say is you know I wouldn't get in a car and drive without insurance. And that's what this pasteurization process does for us. Milk is good and wonderful, but man, we are still milk and farm animals. And so there are opportunities <laughs> for there to get to be little things in there. Well, the pasteurization process um, does not discount the quality and all the fabulous parts of the milk, but it ensures the safety of it. Um, it allows us to sell within a grocery store. It gives us the ability to put our cheese or our milk or our ice cream in a package and mail it up to the mainland if we want to fully legal. Um, we don't have to function under a herd share. Um, we can do direct sales to our consumers. Nice. And now you, you said in your intro that you have 
kids running around getting hands on on the farm. Right. Uh, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So we have 32 acres here on our Kodiak side, and that's where our, our goat dairy um, is. But that 32 acres primarily is a child care facility. So we are the state's second largest state licensed child care facility running preschool, after school, summer camp programs. We have the state's only full-time outdoor preschool here. And so we have kids that come from 7.30 in the morning until 5.30 at night, Monday through Friday. And their life very much is incorporated around the farm. So our outdoor preschoolers are right next to the horse pasture and they walk 10 steps down to the barn where we just had baby rabbits. And during, it's interesting, we're getting ready for um, some piglets to come. Well, last um, season when we were welcoming our litters of piglets, all of our preschoolers got to stand and watch the entire birth of 11 little piglets be born and still all wet. I passed the the little piglet right over to the teacher and the kids got to see and hold that. So we are very much right up next to it. As kids start to get older, I, I run an after school program. So kids entering second through middle school have the chance to come in after school and we really get our hands dirty with everything. They know how to run the farm. I think I could leave at this point. They've been with me since school started um, in September. I think they could run everything in some days. I think they prefer <laughs> for me to take a take a step back and let them run. Um, we're get, running up close to baby goat season. That's April and May. And so our kids will be um, huge helpers in that. And so we do our best to um, integrate our kids as much as we can while still meeting state standards that we have to, which can sometimes be interesting. Um, but that's, that's more, that's more or less what, what we do. It's a, it's a lot of kids, the human and goat kind running around every day. <laughs> and how did that process come about? I mean, that is, I think I can speak for a lot of parents that work that busy life that is like a parent's dream to have their kids actually out doing something hands-on compared to sitting in a regular daycare or sitting on a couch with too much screen time. Right. I, I really feel strongly that we, you know, we have to be, we have to create the change that we want to see. And while I, I don't want to necessarily grow a bunch of farmers. Although a lot of the kids right now say they had career day and a lot of them wanted to be farmers, which I was like, (laughs) awesome. No, I I don't necessarily want that, but I believe that the character traits that you receive from the farm are ones that are really important. You know, we become more loving and caring and considerate and patient. We listen more. We talk maybe a little bit less at times, you know, we can be different from somebody and that can be okay, you know, to still work together. So I found that, farming puts stresses on certain um, situations that helped develop the character in kids. And at the end of the day, you know, kids are the most, they learn the most early on in life during this time. It's so important. So we needed to find ways. And, and, and I will tell you, kids know when you're lying you know if like if you have have a right I mean if you have a chore but you really it's really not a chore the kids are like whatever I'm not doing that but it makes a huge difference when we're I'm down there you know and I'm trying to direct traffic of all my after school kids I was like okay you're gonna run down and get the eggs you're heading down to feed the rams do you need you know something to open the bale of hay okay you've got that 
super. We have water over here. Can somebody go get the wood chips from the sawmill? And all the kids are getting, and at this point, they're like, yes, yes. And every single thing has to be done. Every day does not go awesome. And some days, like when the ice comes, they all want to turn into like ice chippers. And they, you know, they head over to the creek. I'm like, guys, we can't, we can't leave until this is done. You're important. You know, like these animals are depending on you. Forget me, but you got a crew. And um, that's been neat. Even during the pandemic where we all are separate, you know, we're having to kind of make sure we're staying spaced. Well, kids don't have to with animals. I've seen more um, hugs around goats necks and, you know, kids sitting on a horse's back and then, you know, leaning down and rubbing around there or grabbing around their necks, you know, that they can still get that close personal touch. Um, a lot of preschoolers are learning about that personal space. And the best way to do that, I feel like is with an animal. You know, I had a kid even just this weekend, he's having a little bit of a tough time. And he went in with the goat. He said, Miss Kelly, this goat is pushing me. I said, well, how, how does that feel? I don't like it. I said, well, how do you think your friends feel when you push them? <laughs> I think they feel sad. I was like, yeah, they do. <laughs> so I didn't have to, you know, get mad at this kid. He could, he could learn it hands-on, you know, and I think that by having that farm, it provides the opportunities to do that. That is so awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of kind of being that arm, arm couch parent that, <laughs> oh, my kid spends too much time on the screen as I sit on my computer or sit right. on my couch and say, oh, I wish I could do something like this. So I think that's personally amazing. Well, you'll have to come down sometime. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I would love to. Now, where is Kodiak and what's kind of the layout of Kodiak for people that aren't familiar with it besides maybe seeing it on Deadliest Sketch? Sure. So we're at the start of the Aleutian chain here with, um, if you, you know, if you look down, we are, we're the second largest island in the United States to the big island of Hawaii. Um, we are kind of the tropics of Alaska today in Kodiak. It's 40 degrees uh, and rainy sideways. I'm on the next flight out, <laughs> right? We don't have, <laughs> we don't have any snow left on the ground. You can see some green grass actually, which is, we have a free range cattle herd that is on our nearby Island where the, our residential summer camp is. And that is always nice when you see green grass still out there. Um, and so we have um, a very, busy fishing port. We are just so, I'm incredibly um, amazed daily by our fishermen and uh, the work that they, that they do. So it's a really neat, diverse community. Um, We are extremely green in the summer because it does rain all of the time. Um, Let's see, we are known for the Kodiak brown bear. We don't have any moose on the island. We have, in all of my 17 years here, we have lost one of our animals to a bear. Um, otherwise, we have not had any any problems um, with with that. Um, let's see here. I'm not sure what what am I missing. I'm trying to think of other things I might be missing. Yeah. Now, the- um, now Kodiak is not attached to right. any type of mainland, right? Right. Everything that we get comes by boat or by plane. So it's an either it's either about an hour plane ride from Anchorage or a 10 to 12 hour boat boat ferry ride from Homer for us. All of our all of our things that come in also 
on a barge, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had some really bad weather and the barge bypassed us for a few days. <laughs> My goat milk was the only milk currently on the shelves at <laughs> the store. Uh, everything else was fully fully empty. And so, yes, you know, with the pandemic year, I was just telling my husband, I've hit about a year of being on the island that we have not traveled at all now. And we have a hundred miles of road on the entire island, including all of our villages. So we have about, I think it's seven villages, but they are disconnected. So you have to take a boat or plane to, to get to the other villages, the outer lying villages also. Okay. Yeah. I completely, I completely get that. Um, when we moved up to Alaska, I lived in Sitka and it was crazy. It was quicker to go to Seattle than it was to Anchorage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially that barge in the wintertime, uh, for people that haven't experienced it, it's it's scary sometimes when you go into your grocery store and there's n- almost nothing on the shelves, especially perishable products. Yes, exactly. And now what does the farm do for the community besides the goat milk, are you guys producing any meat or sure. trying so, to work on the kids with food security, showing them that this is a real issue? So right now, our main focus um, as far as providing for our community is our milk. So we do flavored milk right now. We have chocolate, plain. By summer, we'll have strawberry. Before Christmas, we have eggnog. We oh. have ice cream. So we have on the line every week, at least 12 different flavors of goat milk ice cream, which I promise is the best ice cream you've ever eaten if you ever make it down here. So we have ice cream that's available that we make right here on the farm. And then we also do cheese and we do a simple um, spreadable cheese right now. By summer, we'll add some um, chevrolet options and a feta for sure. We're hoping to, um, as we continue on, to be able to do some really good um, aged goat cheese as well that we're working towards we also um we started smaller but we have grown as the after school kids as my all my school aged kids have come we have a load of chickens and so the kids and i um, take care of those chickens and so we sell our um, farm fresh chicken eggs every week as well um, I will be honest with you, and this is sometimes a little challenging for people to, to, to hear. So bear with me because I truly, I've, I've, and the kids learn all these parts too. So when you are a goat dairy, you also are in the meat business and you have to have baby goats to be able to have milk, your dairy goats to have milk. We do um, so do a lot of goat meat sales directly. Now we are not, we do not have a um, FDA approved slaughterhouse on the island. However, we have a great market for direct sales um, for goat meat here. So that's a big one for us. We do have a small cattle herd. We have our hogs that we have here. So we, I will sell live young hogs out that people in our community, you know, out out in the um, Bell's Flats area, which is just outside of the city, city limits a little ways or out even further, they'll raise up and then do their own harvesting of those animals to fill their freezer. Um, but, and we, we do have a, um, a butcher shop here that's not FDA certified, but anyone that buys, um, any of our product or any of our animals has free access to use that facility as well. And so that's, that's kind of the general idea of what we do. So our, yeah, all, all the kids fully understand that we kind of, 
we joke, we just had some baby rabbits and the kids are like, Miss Kelly, can you please just get us some rabbits that can be our pets that don't have to be meat rabbits? And I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. I'll do that. I, I understand that. And, you know, we still have our milking line of goats. You know, we have a, a crew of them that we always keep. And the kids joke, they're like, oh, I hope it's a girl. Miss Kelly, you can keep this one. Um, so um, we, but they've learned so much. And the idea is, um, as we're growing up, that these kids can be conscious, conscious, informed consumers, understand the love and care that goes into this. We are not, we are not being inhumane. This is, this is part of the greater plan that God has made for us, you know, that we help each other and that we respect one another and that, that we have to be really, really good stewards of these animals and care for them and, and love them. And they'll taste better at the end. So we name our pigs pork chop and bacon. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we, we do the full circle of everything. Yeah. It was actually really amazing because this year for uh, Thanksgiving, we, we had some friends that raised uh, heritage turkeys. Oh, yeah. And they invited us out to help harvest them. And I have a seven-year-old son. Yeah. And we took him out and uh, let him see the whole process. And at first, he was a little freaked out by it with the first one. And we we kind of explained to him everything that was happening and stuff. And when we got ready to do the second turkey, he was all up in there ready to go. Yes. Oh, wow. And, and it's just amazing because I feel as a society, we, we've lost that connection to what goes on our plate. And being yeah. in Alaska, you have, I mean, the fishing industry, the farming industry, everything to still stay connected to that. Mm-hmm. And now what is, uh, what is some of the processes of goat cheese? I, I, so for full, Backstory, I used to work at Murray's Cheese. Okay. Uh, so I know a little bit about cheese. I will say a lot of goat cheese is not my favorite. It's <laughs> it's strong and gamey. <laughs> right. All right. So, Michelle, I'm going to tell you this. There are a couple of things. Yes, there, there are some really strong gamey cheeses. I can't wait until the day that you and your family get to come visit us and try our products because um, fresh goat milk, fresh cheese, you know, made from goat milk, is really not very gamey. I call it goaty. I grew up with goats. I used to tell my mom, I'm not drinking that because I believe that it has been strained through hay. It tastes horrible. Um, I, oh my goodness, yes. I would, <laughs> we had a couple, I would, and people would ask me about them. I'm like, don't ask me, please. And they're like, no, what is it? I'm like, it tastes like a barnyard smells. <laughs> yep. It, you're, and I want to be honest. Yes, it does. And I'm, I made a fool of myself this week. Um, yesterday, actually, I was grocery shopping and I saw a gentleman get the carton of store-bought goat milk. And I was like, oh, did you know that our milk is at the lo- local gro- grocery store? Cost- <laughs> and I promise it tastes better. So, so I know you asked the cheese question, but um, the cheese process is a lot. It's a lot. And I have to admit, it's not always my favorite favorite process to go through. I always joke that like, that's the first thing I can't wait to hire out. Um, this is a awesome cheese maker that all they want to do is make goat cheese for me. Um, I, that'll be like a great day, but, um, all of it really is temperature time and <laughs> stirring. I think, I mean, that, that sounds silly, but 
but um, heating milk to a certain temperature, holding at that temperature, you know, checking your pHs, straining, you know, that way out of there, heating it up, pressing it, holding it for a certain amount of time. So like I said, it, it, it's, it's a labor of love. Um, but again, the fresh cheeses, so like those spreadable cheeses that we have, I've, I've actually had somebody say, this isn't goat cheese. This doesn't have that goat taste. I was like, well, it's because it's, it's fresh. Uh, it's really, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. I had somebody say, well, I really want that taste. I said, well, just wait a few weeks and we'll get it. You know, it'll come after, you know, if you let it sit for a little bit longer. Uh, so it, it just depends on what you want. You know, right now we do um, like a garlic dill variety in the spring. We have a, um, it's bright box is what it's called. It's a new little um, hydroponic farm that we have here in Kodiak. They make basil or they grow basil now. So we do a sun-dried tomato basil flavor with their basil. And yeah, it's so good. And uh, at Christmas time, I did a pecan cranberry that my family just fell in love with. Like they couldn't eat enough of of that. And what's fun is, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's really goat milk. You know, that's, that's your main ingredient there. And, and because we are right here, we don't have the preservatives that you would see in other places, you know, because our cheese can get from my dairy to the store within five minutes of packaging it. Um, you don't have to worry about the extra preservatives that maybe are added to help the, you know, this shelf stableness of a product and it's off the shelf and we can put new stuff on before it even get close to that expiration date. So Hi, I'm Mitchell from the 49th Mill Podcast. This month, we're partnering with Recover Alaska for a special episode where we're celebrating Sobriety Awareness Month. Please join us on March 29th as we discuss sobriety in the service industry. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart as I have been in the service industry for about 10 years in one form or another, and I've seen the effects of overconsumption of alcohol and drugs and also the amazing success of people that have lived a sober life in this industry. Please join us and hear the story of two amazing guests that we have. And if you need any help with any topics that are brought up in this episode, please reach out to Sobriety Awareness Alaska. Thank you. Well, it's interesting, you know, we fall under all the the certifications with the the state vet office. So they do all of our dairy products. But then we also fall under the Department of Environmental Conservation, the DEC also. So our ice cream falls underneath that. And then some of our cheese um, things can, you know, once we get done in packaging or if we're going to produce an item from our cheese, you know, that heads into the commercial kitchen, which you're familiar with being a chef. Oh, yes. (laughs) some of those other regulations so so we got a double whammy at times (laughs) so now goat ice cream yeah i'm I'm trying to picture this and because i know goat cheese tends to be more creamier than a lot of cow cheeses so Mm -hmm. what is goat ice cream like like is it gonna be more like a i'm making more like a salsa texture to it or Yep. It can't, you know, it, for us, we do, we actually do hard packed, um, ice cream. We put it, we either do individual containers, you know, five to eight ounce containers normally, or we do the big three gallons in our scoop ice cream container. And 
Goat milk is 90% of what's in that um, product that we have. And, you know, every person that we've had now, if you ask about anybody in Kodiak at this point, they'll say the, I, I don't know. I think that they'd say that our, our goat milk ice cream is really, really delicious. Um, but always on the first time you do, you get that like, Ooh, I don't think I'm going to like that. I'm like, just try it. And it is, it's incredibly cream, creamy, um, because we are right here from the dairy, you know, you're not having to do, um, all the other, you don't have to add all the other things. It tastes, I don't know the best way to put it. It's that, it's that dairy fresh, you know, like if really, if you felt like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to the dairy and, and that, that dairyman's going to take a cup out of the holding tank and I'm going to drink it and it's going to be really fresh and creamy. Um, that's the best way that I could explain how it tastes. Now we do do every, you know, some people, they prefer the plain vanilla ice cream, but we do everything from key lime pie, coffee, chocolate chip, um, strawberry cheesecake at Christmas time. We do gingerbread, eggnog, um, peanut butter, chocolate. I say that. And anyway, we have a huge variety right now. I'm getting ready to do a project with our local 4-Hers and I'm providing them all with plain vanilla ice cream and they are making up new flavors for us. And then they're going to turn those flavors in and hopefully at our big um, annual crab festival that happens in May, we're going to have, you know, one or two of those flavors that the kids came up with on the line to sell. So fun part about being a micro dairy right here with your community is we can all be really closely related and part of the fun process of it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Now, goat milk. Is it I know there's been a big shift away from cow milk with people that are lactose intolerant and uh, other issues, but what is the benefits of goat milk and is it safe for as an alternative milk? Yes. So first of all, I, I think that all dairy is fantastic. You know, I love cow milk. I love goat milk. Um, and if they were put side by side, they have many of the same benefits. Huge difference, though, is the way that the fat globulars are made up. So cow milk, the fat globulars are a lot larger than goat milk, which makes it more difficult to break down. Um, so while somebody may, goat milk has lactose just like cow milk does. However, it's so much easier for your digestive system to work that goat milk through than it would be for cow milk. So, you know, I have a lot of people that would say they're lactose intolerant. And I said, well, take a little bit of this goat milk and try it and see if, you know, you can digest it. And it's opened a brand new door for them. The kids that have had skin issues no longer have skin issues. People that end up, you know, spending the afternoon on the toilet otherwise don't have to, which they've really appreciated. Um, Lots of people have come that have not been able to eat ice cream for a number of years. And like, this is the first time I haven't had a stomach ache from eating ice cream. I can eat ice cream again. So it's really the, um, just the, the way that, you know, the, the, the makeup of the milk, really similar on health benefits. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate that fact that you, your body doesn't have to work quite as hard to, to break it down. So if you have somebody in your family that, you know, always has a little tummy ache after drinking some milk, um, or eating ice cream, any dairy really, 
goat milk may be a great alternative for them. We will have to look into that ourselves. Our son has uh, stomach issues. And I just, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I'm one of these people. I don't, I don't like all these nut milks. I've never seen nipples on right. an almond to milk it from. Right. So it's not milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> How well, you to make yourself feel better, but it's not milk. You're, you're so right. And the health benefits are really different. And the amount, you know, if you were to watch the process that my milk goes through to get into a bottle, it's so minimal. It, and it's so clean and natural. I mean, I just, I look at that and I think this is, this is, this is an incredible um, process here where I, I, I don't know, like I said, I've never been in an almond milk farm, but I feel like there's a (laughs) much larger amount of work that has to go into getting some, some milk out of those almonds. So. (laughs) So now one thing um, I know is on top of everybody in Alaska's mind is Food security. We were talking about a little bit earlier about everything coming in on the barge. Do you see from your point and being down there, especially in Kodiak, where you're a little more isolated, do you see food security, the awareness of food security rising in people? And how how do you see people dealing with that on wanting to learn about starting their own even micro farms, I guess you could call it. Right. I see a huge uptick with food security since the beginning of the pandemic, especially, you know, Kodiak is always, I think we've always thought of it, but it really, you know, hit the forefront of our mind um, here. You know, I have, we have come from farming families. So we have farming um, family down in Iowa, you know, that they were turning around big trucks full of hogs, you know, for slaughter that they couldn't take early in this pandemic. And so it does make people take a a step back and say, whew, we might not have, you know, we were limited going to the store. If you were to look at, you know, and I'm sure it's probably in other places too, you could take like one selection of meat a time going to the store, you know, so, and, and dairy was running, you know, thin. So it's made people really think about that. That's increased. It definitely has increased, you know, our, our awareness of it. I think, you know, it's, made people want to get those backyard chickens. Everybody wants to do, you know, their small gardens in the back. But, you know, I think that that's what's so neat about Alaska. You know, one of the statistics, I think it's like 47, there's been a 47% increase in small farms in Alaska. I think that that's the right statistic. The Alaska Farmland Trust would probably have that. But it's still possible to start a small garden, have backyard chickens, you know, have a uh, some type of food security option and make money on it in Alaska, go to your farmer's market and sell those things, share what extras you have, you know, and have some friends, you know, get, get some meat turkeys and take in, you know, a day in, in after six, eight weeks and, and butcher those guys together and stick them in your freezer. Um, there are some really, really neat options one of the things that I have really encouraged and I'm telling people, you know, our micro dairy, we are just that we are a micro dairy. Our setup that we have is relatively simple. You know, I, you'd be surprised to see how small this is, but it's replicable. You know, any, if somebody has the drive and the want to, and willing to put in the work of it, you can have this little dairy setup 
in all these remote villages or in these disconnected um, communities and have a, a local sustainable milk option for you. So I think those are fun things to start to think about, but I think they're important things, you know, as we move forward as a state and we look at doing our best to, you know, increase our food security. Yeah, I've even seen it up here in the Natsu Valley more. I mean, me and my wife have even looked at different options. And I mean, we came, we moved up here from West Texas. So it was nothing we ever worried about. You just go to Walmart or you go to HEB and everything's right there, good to go. And now that we've been around Alaska, we it's something we we don't really build our day around it, but there's times that you pause and kind of really think about what would I do if right. stuff can't get up here? Right. Well, and it, it increases your thought process. If you go to the store and you see like the two different types of carrots, should I get the Alaska grown or the not like buy the Alaska grown every time? <laughs> like, let's support that local economy. Let's buy that Alaska grown as much as we can, you know, eat local the best you can too, to help support those farmers that are are trying to make their living off of this too. Yeah, it's it's important because I know we hear about losing farmers all the time on the national level, but I know especially Alaska, just since I've started the podcast, there's been a few farms I've reached out to. And for one reason or another, they've had a shutdown operations. And being up here, that's a scary thought, not having Absolutely. our farmers because we can't just get it in from the next state over. You're so right. Exactly. Well, yes. And now, you know, the, the Canadian board, it's all, it's all very challenging. You're so right. You're so right. We got to support, support our, our local farmers here. And now you were talking about the summer programs. What does that entail? And is that for kids in the Kodiak area only or yeah, how does so that process work? Sure. Sure. We do. We turn everything on high power come summertime because kids are out of school. So we provide all day day camps for kids to come here. We have rearranged how we run things to, to be um, COVID conscious and friendly to be able to keep doing everything. So we have small pods that run across our campus with the same teachers, the same group of kids with all the same really fun activities that they still get to participate in. So because we're a full functioning farm, you know, we have the horses that they still get to ride. We have a mule that they can, you know, hook up the plow. We actually can hook up a plow so they can see how, how, you know, things used to be done and, and try their hand. At, that is so um, amazing. I just want yeah, to say that even is a, amazing. Even a pack, right. Even a pack mule. So they get to, to see that. We extend our reach over to Woody Island, um, which is just across the channel. We have a, a small free range um, herd of cattle that are there and then Camp Woody, which is a residential camp. And then we also have our Kodiak Baptist Mission Ranch where kids get to experience ranch camp in wall tents and um, just life kind of what would, have, what would it have felt like out on, on a ranch. And so that is a lot of our local kids take part in that. Now, these residential camps that come up, you know, they're overnight. So there are some options for other kids to, to be, to be part of that. We would love to see it grow. I can't, I really look forward. You know, we had set up that we were going to have a 4-H group come across the water and do like a three-day camp with our Kodiak kids here and work with some of the livestock side of things. 
So I'd love to see that continue to grow. The fun part for us, um, if you have an idea, if somebody has a group of kids, if there's a a school group, if there's, you know, a private group of of families that want to get together and they want to come to Kodiak, we love ideas and we love trying to find ways to make things work. I always say with every regulation that we've met, met with every wall, I'm like, just tell me the regulation. We will follow the rules and find a way to make it work. And so if, if, anybody wants to come to Kodiak, we want to try to make that work for you. So um, we, we spent, I have to admit to you, I love the kids side of things. I, um, I prefer to have a group of, of kids around me every day um, very much, but you know, those kids are great teachers to their parents and they hold their hands just fine. So I'm not against those parents either. You know, all of our farm and ranch kiddos, they bring their parents in at the end of the day. And so Overall, at Kodiak Baptist Mission, you know, we we really value children, families. Um, we share the love of Jesus through what we are doing, and we do our best to, um, you know, keep love at the center of what we're doing. I think we could probably spend the rest of our lives trying to learn how to love each other better, um, and so we do that through through our our farm and through our kid programs that we have, and then and then try to do as many community activities as we can. And now how, I'm sure you guys run into this scenario all the time. The first time a kid comes out to the farm, because like my son, I will say he's, he's, he's a little, gets intimidated by animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, especially for the kids that maybe have never been out to a farm, they come out and they're just like, OMG, yeah. this thing is going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Or um, even parents. I'm sure there's some parents that are like, I'm going to drop my kid off at a farm. Right. Like, is this safe? <laughs> it is true. You know, and, and sometimes they'll come and they're like, Kelly, my kid stinks so bad when you send them home. <laughs> like, well, yeah, we actually work. You know, we don't pretend work. We actually like we actually work together. But the nice part for us, goats are the most fabulous livestock entry animal. Um, thank, I'm so thankful they happen to be my favorite too. So we just had um, some baby goats and these baby goats, like they can fit in my over. These kids are holding these, you know, they were born when we had our two little twins that were just born, they were born at one o'clock and the kids got here at three o'clock and we separate the babies right away um, because we're a dairy. So I milk the colostrum out and then we bottle feed them from start. So we're bottle feeding them every you know three, four hours. And so these kids that are even a little reluctant, man, that, that switch happens and they become these amazing caregivers and they see, you know, we start at birth. And so they get that little innocent animal. And so by the time little baby Grover, the goat has turned into a punk, you know, these kids are like Grover back off. That is not okay. (laughs) You know, where they, at the beginning, they were really reluctant. Well, because they've gotten to experience it from birth up you know, and then we, um, we do have times that we have kids that are like, mm, I'm not, in, I'm not going to, I had a girl. So this week I was doing horse lessons with our kids and we had this scenario that we were in the uh, Arizona desert and we had gotten all of our goats in, but we forgot what we lost once. So we had to go back out to the desert and I made the kids ride out and pick up little baby Annabelle, the baby goat, and they had to pack Annabelle, the baby goat. So they were working on their, um, 
you know, balancing and, you know, holding and caring for an animal that this is what a cowboy would do. This is what a farmer would do. This is because we care about each individual animal, just like God cares about us. Like we care about you. Like every single person is important and valuable. And, and so I had one little girl, she's like, "Mm -mm, I'm not doing that. I am not holding a goat. I'm going to (laughs) fall off this horse. And I told her, I was like, we're going to try it together. So I held onto her, to her leg. And I, you look at him in that eye and you believe in him. You know, I looked, I said, you can do this. You can. And I sat it on there. She's like, Oh, Miss Kelly, I don't like this. I was like, but you're doing it. And she's like, I'm doing it. And then she said, I'm done doing this. I'm done now. You know what I, and I, <laughs> and I took the baby goat, but she got done. And when her mom came to pick her up, she's like, mom, I held the baby goat. And, and she was so confident and so proud of herself. And so, um, there's a little bit of pushing, you know, we don't push them past the point that, you know, that they don't want, need to be pushed, but we push them right up to that point and encourage them to live into themselves, that, that full self that they actually are. Um, and hopefully by doing that, you know, think I don't, I probably have pushed my own children maybe further at times and they want to be pushed, you know, our kids that come, I don't so much always, but, um, I've really, especially, you know, these kids that have started with us at three years old and are 10, 11 years old right now. Um, it's really neat to watch them, uh, be able to manage and handle things. And yeah, they, they do. Okay. They do. Okay. And then they help encourage other people. You know, when you have a new kid that comes in, they're like, Oh, Miss Kelly pushed us to do this too. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Good form of peer pressure. Right. Right. <laughs> And now, how long has the farm been around? Well, we started, Kodiak Baptist Mission started clear back in 1893. But we really started, goodness, it's been six, seven years now that we really started to regain those those farming roots. We brought up a couple of goats from the mainland, some mini Nubians and everything. You know, like I said, you can't just have two goats. You know, two goats turns into 10 goats, which turns (laughs) into 20. And I think maybe I have 40 or so. And when we have baby goat season, that'll almost double. Um, So we have done the full farm operation. We've always really had horses around, um, but increasing our livestock footprint has been, you know, the last about seven years. And this is our third year in operation with the dairy now. Nice. And now, what's some of the challenges? Because I know even being in Alaska, on the mainland, Alaska, incredibly challenging for a farm. What's some of the unique challenges that you guys face out there being isolated? Um, two come right to mind. Hay. Hay is hard for us. <laughs> um, we bring our hay in by barge. And so we hit to where we were counting every last bale um, before the barge made it. And then we had a storm which pushed the barge back a little bit for us. Um, so, you know, get, getting, making sure that we do have, you know, all the feed. Now, if, if I needed to, I could open up all the gates and turn the goats out and they'd survive. Another really neat part about having goats, you know, they are, they are survivor grazers, you know, so if we hit a real tough sustainable patch, we'd be okay. Um, the other one is vet services. Um, the vet that I work closely with, he's out of Wisconsin Um, we are an accredited dairy and have a closed herd. So that means all my, all my animals here meet all the federal standards, you know, they've been tested and tested again. So we, you know, having that consistent vet, but I am 
I'm normally the vet, you know, so if there's a, if there's a big problem, I had a goat with a twisted uterus earlier this year and you just sit there for a second. I just remember sitting there for a second and saying, this is, I'm it, I'm, I'm it. Like I can call this vet, but at the end of the day, I'm the person that has to make this call and we're going to have to figure, figure this out. So you at times have really tough moments. We lost the mom, but we were able to save both the babies. It was very bittersweet. So you hit some of those, those tough, those tough times. And then, you know, we're, we're disconnected. I wish I could get our ice cream into everyone on the mainland's hands tomorrow. Well, there are some shipping challenges that still come. I think we can work on those. We've never had something (laughs) that we need to ship out like that, but um, so those can be, you know, kind of challenging situations. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Uh, the vet side of things that I'm assuming Kodiak is not where all the te- top vets in the country are rushing. The large animal to go vets. To. <laughs> we have some awesome small animal vets, you know, and we have, I don't want to, I don't want to discredit our vet clinic here whatsoever. By all um, means, but, yeah. same here. I was, I'm, 100% sure. I was just thinking in general terms. Out of vet school, Kodiak's probably not the yeah. first place. Well, and not large. Vets are running to. Right. You know, like it's not going to be, I'm not going to go have a person that's used to. I think I've probably, you know, assisted the most goat births um, on the <laughs> island at, at this point. Uh, but. You know, but you have kind of hit, we, I grew up in rural Nebraska also. So, you know, that was very much, you know, there were lots of late nights that my dad looked at me and he's like, we're it, Cal, like, this is it. We're doing this. You know, we're going to tube this calf. We're going to, you know, we, we got to do this. Um, and you just do the best you can. And now where can people find the farm uh, if they're listening to this interview and they would love to learn more about what you guys do? Sure. So you can find KodiakBaptistMission.com. You can see our whole big operation of everything from start to finish there. Um, Kodiak Baptist Mission has our Facebook page. We actually, we do do goat milk soap. So that's going to be coming up here at the end of February. You could order your goat milk soap. And that's a great way to help support uh, Kodiak Baptist Mission's farm here. Um, And that's easy to ship. If you are in Kodiak, Cost Savers, our local most incredible grocery store, sells our products right there. And so we're really excited to have that. Um, they, they're the best. They're just, they're really, really fabulous. Um, you can see kind of the behind the scenes, all the stuff that I go through every day uh, on Instagram. I I kind of joke. I feel like I, I said I started, I want to do this a lot because my mom follows. She's down in Nebraska. So I, you know, keep her up to date. But you can see everything like this morning from the beginning, milking a goat to making cheese today. Um, we've already, you know, I have cheese draining right now. Um, and that's at Simply Living AK on Instagram, or you can find me just at Kelly Foreman on Facebook and and kind of see what, what we're doing, what we're doing there. And for all of our listeners, wherever you are listening to the show at, if you click on the icon, we will have all of those social media and website links in our show notes. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. I know I had a fantastic time learning about goat farming in Kodiak. (laughs) I gotta say, I didn't think that was a sentence I would ever use. 
<laughs> well, I'm so glad. And I can't wait to send you, you know, at some point, hopefully we'll get you a good old package of our goat cheese here in the spring and, and you can play around and make some great things with it. And it won't awesome. be goaty. It won't be so goaty. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so, you so much. much, Rachel. Thank you for listening to my daddy, Hugh Ladle.